0: Boy, I appreciate that, Brother Kuzel, that message. I'd never really put those two things together. And I'm always a little leery when a preacher preaches something new. But there's nothing theres nothing new under the sun. Amen? Amen. And somebody, if it's true, somebody has already preached it before and probably elaborated on it. So, amen. Sometimes, you know, I think it was um, Albert Einstein said, The key to creativity is to keep your sources secret. And so I was gonna ask Brother Kuzel, where did you get that? And it felt like asking Einstein, where did you hear that quote, Einstein? The key to creativity is keeping your sources secret. So amen. Open your Bible. (laughs) Open your Bibles to 1 John. First John in chapter 3. You know, brother Kuzel and I haven't been, of course, talking about what are you gonna preach, what am I gonna preach, and whether they Uh, Fit or fit not together, I believe they have fit together. And, of course, the Holy Spirit lays on a preacher's heart what to preach. And I think even tonight, um, it really is evident that uh, him preaching about salvation and the need of salvation, which is most important, which is most important, whether you know where you'll spend eternity in heaven and uh, that somebody would look you in the eye and say, you know, without Christ, you'll forever perish. uh, That is love. And the Bible says, uh, the wounds of a friend, um, faithful are the wounds of a friend, and deceitful the kisses of an enemy. And uh, the challenge, whether or not you and I are saved, is always needed, is always right to preach. Amen. 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 Uh, But tonight, I'd like to preach to saved people. I'd like to preach to you, child of God. Now, the Bible does say, he, he even quoted it, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And one of the greatest misnomers of all mankind is simply this. Aren't we all children of God? But you have to be made a child of God. 1 John chapter 3, we're going to look at a portion of the text here tonight, but let me just maybe ask this question before we start. Have you ever considered eternity? And for the child of God, have you ever considered heaven? You ever think about that? I think about that. And I, I do not believe that we can even imagine, of course, how heaven's going to be, how great it's going to be, and all the things about it. I can't even imagine eternity. And what, I, I mean, I, I, in theory I understand forever, but I only know finality. I can't really uh, understand that, living in space and time. But I think about heaven. Heaven's my home. I'm going to be there. Why not? I long for it. I should. But let me ask you this. Oftentimes, when we think about heaven, we limit our thinking to where we are going to be. And that's vitally important because that is solely determined upon what we do with Christ here and now in this lifetime, where we'll spend eternity. Let me ask you this. Have you ever considered what you'll be in heaven? Have you ever thought about how you'll be shaped and formed in heaven? Have you ever considered why you will be the way you will be, never to be changed for all eternity? That'll be our subject tonight. I'll be the first to admit I don't have all the answers. Neither do I believe the does the Bible give us all the answers. But I believe it gives us enough to be soberly minded about this life and the effect it will have on how and how we'll be shaped and formed for all eternity in heaven. Look with me in 1st John in chapter 3 in verse 1. Surely the writer here inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit to write this down. But he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now look, it's talking to save people. It's talking to children of God. But he says, Man, it's such such an amazing fact that we are the children of God. It's amazing. He's just taken back. Behold. It says, Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. Lord, we can't see, lest you illuminate our minds, just as we sing. Lord, we want to see that which is invisible. We want to see that which comes from your word. And it must be received by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Illuminate our minds. Speak to our hearts. Challenge Christians that how we respond to your word and your molding hand will have a great effect How we will be, how we will be shaped and formed for all eternity. Speak to us, Lord. Work in our hearts. We pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. Somebody might say, well, preacher, you asked the question, how will we be shaped and formed in eternity? And did did the writer not just answer that when he said, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Who will we see? Him face to face our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to this in Romans chapter 6, and verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Somebody says, well, <laughs> you asked the question, what are we going to be like? We'll be like him. Yes, that is true. But did you notice that he does say this in verse 2, watch, and it doth not yet appear... What we shall be. Basically he's saying this. Watch. I don't know the whole story. I don't know exactly how we're going to be. But I do know this. We shall be like him. Let me ask you this though. Will we be a copy of each other? Will we just all be alike? Does the Bible not clearly indicate that we will be known as we were known? Will there not be differences in privileges, in rewards, in glory and there will be. The Bible clearly states that. Go with me now. Watch, we will come back here. Leave maybe something here. Something of your neighbor. Something. <clears throat> and go with me now to First Corinthians chapter fifteen. We're gonna tie some truths together. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. First Corinthians Tell you what, I got a new Bible. When you get a new Bible, you're, you're kind of lost at the beginning. You're like, where am I in my new Bible here? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know what I'm talking about, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, yeah. And verse 40. Follow along with me carefully. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's going to be heavenly bodies and there's going to be earthly bodies, right? Aren't you glad the heavenly body isn't their earthly body? (laughs) The way I feel right now, yeah, amen. I'm getting a new body, praise the Lord. They can have this body as far as I'm concerned, but I'm getting a new body and a perfect body. And there's heavenly bodies and there's terrestrial bodies, the Bible says. Now watch. The glory of the, uh, And it says, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So they differ in glory. Now here's what the Bible says in verse 41. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. Now watch, for one star differs from another star in glory. Somebody says, well, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, look at verse 42 at the beginning. So also is the resurrection of the dead. You see, okay, no two stars shine with the same glory. They all shine differently. Have you ever heard the saying, I heard this as as a child, no two snowflakes are alike. You ever heard that? I mean, you guys got a bunch of snow up here, and we've got snow in Germany. And I remember as a child, some adult would come up and say, hey, you guys, do you realize no two snowflakes are alike? And I remember thinking as a child sometimes, not saying, thinking. How do you know? You ever taken a gazillion of these things and compared them to each other? Could there not be a snowflake over in North Pole, Alaska, and one over here in Germany where we are, and they actually be identical and the same? Did you just make a statement you can't back up? (laughs) <laughs> you just repeating somebody to sound intelligent? I never said that. I knew better, but I remember thinking that. I, when the Lord called me to be a preacher into the ministry, I was going to a, a college in Germany with a degree in physics or studying to get a degree in physics, which I got. And I do know and realize what scientists consider snowflakes now are snowflakes to be individual and none two can be the same. And I'll tell you why. Because when a snowflake starts out, it doesn't start out as a snowflake. It starts out actually the small, smallest minute piece of dust or dirt, something where water can cling to, watch, and it starts to freeze. And a scientific report would say something like, rapidly branching crystals. And watch, it can, it, it can be very, very cold, and then you can have thermal layers that are warmer, and then a lot of humidity and less humidity and so forth. But watch it. It's not the snowflake until it actually hits the ground, the finished project, so to speak. But it grows and develops into a snowflake. Somebody says dependent upon what? Dependent upon the variables and factors that it encounters. And there are many, many more than we can even fathom probably or even name tonight. But what are maybe some of the most evident? Where well, Air tur- temperature, what I just named. Air turbulence. Impurities in the air. Listen, the way the sun is shining or not shining. And all these things, watch. Then grow and determine its shape later on as a snowflake. You could actually say this way: what it encounters, it actually carries in body. If we were smart enough, we could look at it and say, aha, these are the factors it encountered. God probably could. We can. No, God can. <laughs> Let me say it right. But you see, they're all snowflakes, yet none to are alike. They're all stars, but they all differ in glory. And yes, you and I will be like Christ, yet each of us will differ, each in our very own glory as the stars. So also, is the resurrection of the dead. Now, that's what the Bible teaches. Let me shift gears. Somebody says, well, well what is it dependent on? Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here, and i got a Christian to my right, and i got a Christian to my left. Now, what's going to be the basis of our difference, preacher? Let me help you. Character. Now, let me just, I'll just give it to you, and now I'll go, and I'll go, and I'll explain it, also from the Word of God. Watch. Character is defined, if you look it up in the Webster's 828, The purest and easiest, simplest definition of character is simply this. Your typical behavior. Your typical behavior. Not your occasional behavior. Not your exceptional behavior. But who you are day in and day out. Who you really are. Who you are when you're in the dark. Who you are when you're on vacation. Who you are when you're at a gas station. Hey, would you agree with me that probably most Christians have somewhat a heightened and a exceptional behavior when they're at church on Sunday compared to what they are from Monday through Saturday? No, no not here in this church. I know. But your laughter speaks loudly. <laughs> Who you really are. Here's the thing. Maybe nobody really Nobody else really knows who you are, but you do, and the Lord does. Your typical behavior. Go with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Now, we've got to go back. That's real close to where we were, by the way. Go back maybe to 1 John. Now, go a little bit before. 2 Peter, in chapter 1. Watch, 2 Peter chapter 1, let's start in verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. May it suffice to say this about that, that speaking to those that are saved, partakers of a divine nature. Okay, wait a minute. A child is born with a nature. Uh, A born-again person is born with a divine nature. Let me ask you this, though. Is a child a child? Does it have character? My sisters, I watched character be whooped into them. Praise the Lord. And I prayed for them. I never rejoiced in it most of the time. Most of the time. I shouldn't say never. But train up a child in the way he should go. Character must be added to his life. He has a nature. doesn't have character. And you have a divine nature, but you don't have Christ-like character. Are you sure, preacher? Well, look with me in verse 5. Watch. So we're saved, a divine nature, and it says, and besides this, giving most of your diligence. Is that what it says? Giving somewhat of your diligence? No. It says, and besides this, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge and the knowledge temperance and the temperance patience and the patience godliness and the godliness brotherly kindness and the brotherly kindness charity. Watch in verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make ye that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are these character traits? They're Christ-like traits. Christ-like traits. That you neither be unfruitful, and that you abound. Watch. It speaks here. What does it say in verse 8 again? Good night. Bear no fruitfully in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ to add these things to your life. I remember I was preaching to a Bible college, and I asked the students. I'll ask you the same thing, but just don't answer out loud. But I asked them, I said, what do you think is the most important word in that, that listing right there? Somebody says, virtue, knowledge. (laughs) They went through it. I can't remember exactly what they all said, but they had their reasons and explanations. But watch, I told them this. I believe it's a small word ad. For without ad, there is no character. You must add these things to your life. I told them this. Be very careful. Watch. Be very careful if you read your Bible three chapters a day and watch. And that is the end of your performance. But it never was designed to be the end of your performance. It was was designed to be the means to the end of your performance. Do you understand that? That you might meditate upon it and act upon it and add it to your life. There's many people, watch, they get up. They read that chapter or two or three or whatever it might be, and they close the Bible and they say, done. Check, it's out of my mind. Now I'm going to work, and now I'm a postal service officer or whatever. But watch, but you're a Christian first wherever you go. And it mu- listen, the Word of God sh- should be shaping you and molding you and making you. That's what it means to add to your faith. How does faith come about? How does faith produced? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. word of God. That's right. Let me ask you this. Don't answer loud. How many Christians do you know that are continually developing in your Christian life? Now, these are some probing questions. But the question always then must come back, to you. Am I continually? Listen, I went to Ingolstadt, and one of the mistakes I made, I remember as a young preacher, I was preaching to them things that were interesting to me, but it was flat over their head, preacher. And they would come up and they would say, who's Goliath? Is he a good guy? (laughs) Or I'd make reference to Ahab, and they'd go, is he some hero in the Bible of faith? And I would say, no! No! And I would, listen, I had to understand, I had to be very basic and plain and give them milk. And it was maybe even boring to me. But I had to see them grow and help them grow in their Christian faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But Watch, I can say, I look at that crowd, that young little crowd out there in Ingolstadt and I say, I know way more than all these people put together. So watch, I can just plateau. And in reality, you never do plateau. Everything is in in motion. In reality, you're sliding back. You might think you're plateauing. In reality, you're sliding back. It's always that way, my friend. And some young Christian, watch, growing. I told our church one time this. I'm not even interested in the level of spirituality that you have. I'm not interested. What I'm interested in is the direction that you're headed. That's what I'm interested in, the direction you're going we're all headed in one way or the other. Are you continually developing in your Christian world? Are you adding to your faith? Well, preacher, I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I think I'm pretty much hit the top. Perfection? The Bible says (laughs) if we're leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That's the whole theme of the Christian life ever-reaching perfection, but always going on to perfection. Well, preacher, I, yeah, I see it. We ought to be continually developing, continually growing, in my character, who I am, watch. It's even, would you say that being Christ-like is even more, God is more interested in who you are than even what you do? Being instead of doing, actually, because it starts with being. It starts with me. People can actually go out and do good things with the wrong motive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To look inside a Christian and see his son and his character. That's the molding hand of God. Always in and about to develop that. Somebody says, well, preacher, that might be so, but you'll never know. That's true. Maybe your parents will never know. Maybe your pastor will never know. Maybe you got them all faked out. You might. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. This is the, the, hey, this is where we tie it together. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 10. This is the judgment for those that are in Christ, those that are saved. And in verse 10, it says, for we must. Watch, this is an imperative. This is a a must, not an option. You must. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I wrote down beside that word, little appear, to be literally turned inside out will appear, wait, how you really are, who you really are. You can hide it here and now in this life. You'll appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now we do know that all things are naked and undone before whom we have to do. He knew all the time who we were, right? We never faked him out, but you'll appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Turned inside out. Watch for what? And he says, why that everyone may receive the thing done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So I'm going to receive what I did in my body. No. Well, yes, but wait. It's not redundant. Did you get what it just said? Okay, that's why we got preaching. Watch. Let me me illustrate as good as I can. That everyone may receive the things done, that which you did, in your body, according to that ye did. According to that ye have done, whether it be good or bad. It's not talking about what you did in your body on the first part. It's talking about receiving the things you did, that you receive them in your body, according to that which you did. I believe we can safely conclude here. That you'll be in heaven one day, heaven to be filled with Christians. You'll be walking down maybe the street of gold, and you'll see other Christians, and watch, you'll immediately be able to tell just what kind of Christian he or she really was. Because the snowflake carries in body a record of what, what of what it went through. You and I will carry in body a living record of how we reacted to the winds and the storms. The temptations, mostly the molding hand of God, always to instill in us the character of his son. And you will carry this in body. Well, preacher, I thought, you know, wood hay and stubble burn up, and then that precious stone remains. Well, have you ever read about Lucifer, how that his body was actually made out of precious stone? And terrestrial bodies, celestial bodies, I don't even know exactly what we're going to look like. What I do know to conclude is this. You'll carry your rewards in body. You'll carry them in body. And we will shine like the stars different. Some bright. If you look up at the stars, many you can't even see with the naked eye. Some you can't miss. Some you can just barely, barely, barely see, if at all. You see, one man said this, every road leads to judgment. Your life and my life leads to eternity. the Final judgment. Let me conclude with the Word of God. Go back to 1 John. It's always good to end where you started. And we will. But in 1 John, just flip one page back. That should suffice. I want you to look at something in 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Watch, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, which the heaven shall pass, pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So it's all vanity, it's all vain, it's all nothing. It'll be burned up, watch, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? All holy conversation and godliness. You go to church, hey brother, how you doing sister, praise the Lord, man, man. That's great. Amen. All this holy conversation and godliness. And the Bible says, but what manner of person ought ye to be? Because you can put it on. And you can act like it's there. But there really is no, not much being. It's just on the outside. And one day it will be revealed and you'll carry it. Listen, I'm glad most people came. Man, you dressed nice. You combed your hair. You brushed your teeth. You're concerned about your outward appearance. But oftentimes Christians are more concerned about their outward appearance and the life that they live here than their appearance in eternity. And that's sad. That's sad. But the accumulative work that Christ does in our life is always what? So that we might bear much fruit. And he said, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Ah, you know the verse. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. Just let me read it. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Where's the fruit? That's your rewards. You know, I told that class, I said, what if, let's just imagine, just for a moment, I could snap my finger. and Everybody here appeared how and who they really are. I wonder how many people would still want to be here. (laughs) Probably not many. What if the Lord came tonight? What if he came before we're done actually with this service and you stand before him and you appear who you really are? You see, you can still change that. You can still add to your faith. You can still do something about that. You can clean up your life. Look with me and we'll end here. 1 John chapter 3, go back. Just one page, go back. Here's the conclusion John makes. 1 John chapter 3, we read verse 1 and 2, verse 3, says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Not in man's eyes, not compared to other men, but in God's eyes. And David said in Psalms, for example, in Psalms 51, he said, In thine eyes have I sinned. Let this be a motivating factor unto you. To clean up your lives. Watch. Because you will carry it. And you will be literally turned inside out. You will appear. You can't hide it there. at The judgment seat of Christ. And it won't just be seen. It will be added to your life. To your body. And you'll shine with that glory. I think this is a very sobering... Listen, this is not some prophecy about Armageddon or the world economy to come. It's what you and I will be. And it touches us very, very deeply. Nothing, watch, nothing I see in the Word of God says more that will cause us to shine as whether or not we were soul winners and concerned about the lost and the love of God for those lost. Amen. How will you appear? If eternity broke for you tonight, what would you look like? Never listen. Never do be changed. Lord, we come before you. We thank you for your word. It sure does cut deep. And Everyone here knows, who am I really? Who should I be? Where are my shortcomings? Where have I failed him? And I must wonder, how would I appear? With what glory would I shine? And press upon our hearts, Lord, we pray this now in Christ's name.